Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Thursday, September 28th. Sitz im Leben, the congregation. Today's scripture reading is found in Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 11 from the New Living Translation, which reads, On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. The upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said. He's alive. Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper, and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. This is God's Word. All quiet down, please, Clement called the group of 120 souls to order. They crowded into the central courtyard of the house of Jerome, who, as one of the church's wealthier members, frequently opened his home for their gatherings. It was cold in the open square, and the breath of the crowd hung in the air, obscuring the stars and gathering like silver halos around the torches and lanterns at the perimeter. Please, brothers and sisters, Clement called again and slowly the conversations died off. The faces staring up at Clement formed a rough cross-section of Philippian society. Rich, poor, old, young, slave, free, male, female, white, black, and most shades in between. He looked out over the ruddy faces of fat merchants, the lined and sunburnt faces of farmers, the pinched and Hawked faces of those who had eked out a meager living by their own wits or by others' mercies. He could see the eager faces of children and the tired faces of their mothers. There were faces marked by privilege and pain, disease and vigor, competence and failure, life in its ebb and in its flow. The slaves in the crowd, drawn from every place and race, showed Spanish, Arabic, African, and even Oriental traits. From the first, the draw of the gospel had been eclectic at Philippi. The church did not play favorites. It could not afford to. It attracted adherents from every segment of the city's diverse population. It welcomed all comers. This once again is Carl Woodruff's imaginative telling of a typical gathering of first-century believers in Philippi. Think not so much established church institution, they actually didn't have those, as adaptive community meeting on the fly when and where it could, but aiming to do so not just weekly, but even daily. Imagine not so much a service, but a serving, as in quite literally a generous serving of food, shared as the community reclined around tables, dishing up not only vegetables, but a healthy dose of the apostles' teaching and fellowship and prayers, as they took their food with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. 
At least this was the somewhat idyllic description from the second chapter of Acts, a description of the communal reality ready to be birthed and experienced again each time believers gathered, wherever they gathered. This is why I had us lead off with Luke's narration of that first century gathering in Troas from Acts 20. This is a key instance when the ancient chronicler of apostolic feats puts us in the room with ordinary believers, ordinary people, on an ordinary night that, as it turned out, took a dramatic turn out of the ordinary, between their special guest at the table and a young man's fatal fall from the window as he nodded off. Nodding off at church, some things really do never change. Ordinary people on ordinary nights around ordinary tables experiencing what was an extraordinary reality of a unified humanity. Rich, poor, old, young, slave-free, male, female, white, black, and most shades in between, all with one profound reality in common, this Jesus called Christ. Keep putting yourself at the table with them over these next seven weeks. See their ruddy or eager or worn or pinched or tired or expectant faces, even as you pay attention to those all around you at our table. Once again, Paul's not writing into the air. He's writing as he sees these faces in his memory and as he imagines ours. So, as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder. As you put yourself in the midst of this ancient community, what do you see? Who do you see? Now, look out among your present community gathered around private living spaces or public meeting places. What do you see? What is different? What is the same? Lord, speak to us through the pages of this ancient letter. Give me ears to hear this ode to joy and eyes to see your hand in every unfolding circumstance, even as the eyes of my imagination see this gathering of ancient souls with a nature like ours, with a love like ours, with hopes and dreams and disappointments and frustrations and stories to tell, just like ours. Teach me to sing this Philippian song. Teach me its rhythms. Teach me to do more than just sing it. Empower me to embody it right here in my own home and city and neighborhood and fellowship. Your mercies. <laughs>